You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Since the power players of social media deplatformed Donald Trump, there's been a ton of new reporting that we want to catch you up on on who exactly made this big call. Who deserves the credit? Was it tech executives who were acting to avoid the threat of further violence? Or was it employee pressure at Google, Facebook, and Twitter that ultimately did Trump in? Recode's Peter Kafka is here to talk about it. Hey, Peter. Hey, Teddy. So when Facebook and Twitter made this announcement, they offered some rationale, but it wasn't entirely clear to me, at least, about why this tweet or, or those tweets right after the insurrection of the Capitol were the ones that crossed the line. Catch me up on on what we know about what was happening inside at least Facebook and Twitter when they made this announcement. So the overall context, right, and I think anyone listening to this knows this, is that for the last four years, there's been a ton of complaints about Donald Trump's access and use of, of Facebook and Twitter, and that comes from outside the company and, and increasingly inside the company. You hear employees complaining about Donald Trump's use of, of their company. Uh, and the further context for that is you've also had a, a rise in employee activism at tech companies in general, which is a new development. Um, and so when when the news came that the company had essentially kicked Donald Trump off. Uh, employee activists and organizers immediately sort of said, well, this is a reflection of uh, our demands, our concerns. We sent various petitions and they're reacting to us. And then the companies came out and said, essentially, no, that's not the case. Uh, these are decisions made by Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg. And it sounds like um, both reading between the lines and reading some good coverage um, from some of our peers in the media, uh, it's somewhere in between. Yeah, I mean, how have tech CEOs like Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg been explaining their decision? I mean, have they kind of grappled with the weight of the call they made? They're very much publicly grappling with the call, and it makes sense. It's a big deal to kick the president of the United States off of your out of your company. And you saw both men in particular sort of struggling with this publicly, even trying to explain why they had made the move today instead of a year ago. Yeah. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, as, as is his want, was more polished. Jack Dorsey, as is his want, le- left a sort of rambling series of tweets that eventually ended up in a discussion of, of blockchain that had a lot of us confused. And Dorsey is, is, is worth getting into a little bit because the initial move that Twitter made to suspend Donald Trump temporarily – wasn't made by Jack Dorsey at all. It was made by his lieutenants, uh, who sort of he'd ceded that power to. He was in French Polynesia at the time. I feel like that always happens. It always happens. You're in French Polynesia when all the important stuff goes down. Um, and the New York Times reported uh, that he was actually not happy about that suspension when he learned mm-hmm. about it and thought, oh, I don't know if we made the right call. And then a couple days later, he, along with other his, his top execs, makes the, makes the call, you know, the Times says, sort of on, his, on their own without hearing from other employees to make that call. Yeah. Tell me about other forces that may have been driving 
these decisions. Um, there's been reporting, right, that Twitter, some employees wrote a letter calling for this ban. So it's funny, news about the letter got out right away. People people who were involved in the letter wanted reporters to know that they had sent a letter. And then uh, in the Times story said, said, oh, they didn't even get the letter until they made the decision. But I think the truth can be somewhere in the middle where it doesn't really matter if there's a specific letter. But you do know if you're running these companies that you've got at least a sizable portion of your employee base who's really unhappy about the way you're running your company and you don't want them to be unhappy. You literally can't run your company without a large number of these people. You also want to be mm. able to recruit. You know, Uber, when it was sort of reached its nadir of, of reputation, stopped being able to recruit on colleges for a while because no no promising engineer wanted to go work at Uber in its incarnation. So that's a real world concern. It's also reasonable to be reasonably cynical and say, it's interesting that they made all these decisions sort of right at the end of the Donald Trump era, um, right as Joe Biden and a Democratic administration come in, in which there's going to be even more scrutiny, they think. It can also just be as simple as, look, there was a riot at the Capitol in which four or five pe- five people died. And at some point they said, I, I don't want any part of this. I'm going to make a decision. All, all of these things can be true at the same time. Right. It's interesting that the companies are basically saying publicly, at least, the official line is that the employee pressure did not make a impact. Twitter has said that it's banning Trump's account permanently. I think Facebook has said indefinitely. Um, Where do we go from here now that he's the former president? Um, Is he going to be able to get back on these platforms? The official state of play is that Twitter's ban is permanent. Uh, I asked someone at at Twitter, you know, can he get back in? And they sent me a a link to a, a form that anyone who has been banned from Twitter can use to appeal their decision. But the suggestion there is he's not getting back on ever. And I guess I should caveat all this by saying, you know, all the platforms, including YouTube, and we'll talk about them in a second, have have lurched all over the place when it comes to figuring out how to do content moderation, because every case is different. They're very afraid of making the wrong decision. Often they don't act. Oftentimes they act and they have to sort of rescind a ban. So they're all over the place. Facebook and YouTube have both said for the record that that uh, Donald Trump's uh, use of their platforms is suspended until today when you're hearing this, the, the, the inauguration, the transfer of power. Facebook won't come out and say it, but it seems very unlikely that Donald Trump is getting back on Facebook, that something amazing um, would have to happen for that to, to be the case. And I don't see Donald Trump changing the way he communicates. Um, right, so right. that that seems unlikely. It seems more likely that he might end up with a perch on YouTube at some point. YouTube doesn't seem as committed to it. On the other hand, it's hard to imagine YouTube allowing Donald Trump back on when their peers at Facebook and Twitter aren't. So shortest version of this is he's going to be off the big tech platforms for a long time. Recode's Peter Kafka. Thanks for joining us. You can read more of Peter's work at Recode.net. Thanks, Teddy. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. 
Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts.